I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Two, three, maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the moment is Brendan Ace. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Supercoach 365 Podcast, we're back, round two, done and dusted, round three upon us, we're coming to you on Teamless Tuesday, heading into round three, Ryan and Tommy back with you, Tommy, what a bumper Teamless, probably not the news and not the Teamless I was expecting to see when I refreshed NRL.com at 4pm today. No, good day Ryan, uh, never a dull moment in the rugby league as we know, and especially Teamless Tuesday, and today was a... Uh... One of the more eventful ones we've probably seen in a while. Um, we'll get into, obviously, the big talking points in a sec, but it, uh, it certainly has changed the way we're thinking about round three. Yeah, trade plans out the window uh, already. You know, usually you go on and check the team list and you, you just confirms what you already know, but today, no. Uh, it certainly changed the thinking. Uh, before we get into all of that big news today, though, let's have a little bit of a reflection on last week because I've got here in the run sheet... Um, a good week, and you say, yeah, maybe for you, but uh, just put those uh, results on your screen there from round two. A bit of feedback from uh, our listeners last week. They wanted to know where we were. We didn't want to talk about it, but we'll talk about it this week because we've uh, made a little bit of ground. Yeah, not not a terrible week for me, I guess. Uh, top 23% at the moment, top 23% in round two as well. Uh, I was pretty solid in round one as well. So going on okay, but not uh, nothing to really write home about. How about you, mate? Yeah, look, um, top 33%, and that was up from, uh, you know, very well down, about 75%, I think I was after week one. But, you know, we pinned our hopes on the Roosters that first week, and it wasn't to be. So, uh, yeah, we've come out the other side now, hopefully, although uh, we can dive right into that news uh, about what we've seen this afternoon, because a lot of that pertains to the Roosters. Let's start with Angus Crichton, because he's a big name, a name that some would have been looking to trade out this week. I wasn't personally, but... Jersey number 16, it just adds, I guess, even more weight to that argument to get rid of Gus this week. Yeah, big surprise. Um, I Obviously, the first two rounds, he hasn't scored that well in Supercoach and he probably hasn't been playing to his best of his ability, but I did not expect him to see him bench. Uh, so that's a big surprise. Yeah. I was probably looking at getting rid of him anyway, so this has made my decision a lot easier. But now it's going gonna, it's gonna to create a lot of uh, 
I guess, fear in those who are holding him. But could we see a last-minute switch from Robbo, perhaps? I, w- I won't rule it out, is all I'll say. I think we saw it last week with uh, Connor Watson going back to the bench. We've seen it in the past with the front rowers. Collins, Takaeha, Warrior Hargraves, you know, that's a rotation you don't want to pin your hopes on. Um, but yeah, Gus, I mean, he's, his attack's been dented in the first couple of weeks by the amount of defence that he's been doing. So maybe they just want to bring him on after 25, 30 minutes and play him out the remainder of the game. Would you rather 60 good attacking minutes from Gus as opposed to 80, I guess, take it or leave it minutes, just making tackles and, and I guess being blunted by the amount of defence he's getting through? I, I'm not sure. Possibly the 60-minute option, to be honest. Is that sort of influential attacking player when he's on his best game um maybe like you're saying there you know 80 minutes of hard work it's not conducive to him being at his best and uh this week obviously a huge game against his former club in the Rabbitohs the Roosters are going to want the best out of him we'll get into all of that later he's on one side of it and that other man who returned last week Latrell Mitchell he'll be on the other Uh, we'll get into all of our game by game previews very soon stick with us but the big news I guess coming out of this team list that we see today can't help but look down to jersey number 24 at the Penrith Panthers. Probably not the result we wanted to see, not this week anyway. Just makes it hard, doesn't it? Uh, it's really going to make us check Twitter for the next four days until the game starts to see if he's actually going to play or not. Um, look, I don't know. I think we'll see a lot of people probably jump the gun and get him in. Even I'm tempted to. Uh, do we have any intel on if he's actually going to play or is it just smoke and mirrors from Nathan Cleary, uh, from Ivan Cleary? I, I'm sort of foot in both camps. I can see a world where he plays. I can also see a world where he doesn't because why rush him back? It's a long season. They're already 2-0. and It's not like they're chasing their tail from, from round three onwards. So, But in saying that, why name him if he's not a chance? Like If he's not a genuine chance, why name him? You, you, just, you haven't named him the first two weeks. So uh, we'll wait and see with that one. The Panthers, of course, that 3 p.m. Saturday game, a game which has haunted us in terms of our captaincy choices, at least me, in the last couple of weeks. I think you've been in the same boat. Uh, of course, we're talking about David Fafita last week. We'll get to that soon in a new segment, Good, Bad and Ugly. Uh, stick around for that. Uh, the other, I guess, news that wasn't on the team sheet but came out soon after, Harry Grant out with COVID. So someone who came back and starred in round two, they're not going to be there in round three. Yeah, well, I went to bed last night with all my trades set up, ready to go, really excited to talk about them tonight. And then we get clearly named to 24 and Grant's out with COVID. So it's, it's thrown a spanner in the works. And I think Grant would have been a very popular option this week uh, coming off his performance last week where he got 92. So that's a real, I guess, creating more headaches for pretty much everybody. And uh, yeah, Brandon's missed out as well. So it gives uh, that, Wish Hart, I guess, a bit of a run at nine perhaps this weekend. Yeah, look forward to that. And as you say, Brandon there named in 23. So a question mark over his fitness. I think we anticipated up to six weeks out. It's been one and he's back on the team sheet. So maybe Melbourne just running out of stock down there. They have to name him with no chance or no intent of playing him. Uh, We'll wait and see for that. All right, Tommy, we just sort of alluded to it there. The good, bad and ugly. We haven't got a little sting whipped up for this, but we'll work on it throughout the week. So we'll be back bigger for week two of this. We want to try this. So maybe start with your good from round two. Yeah, I'm going one of Supercoach's favourite sons over the last few years, James Tedesco. Uh, obviously, first week of the season, well publicised now, the Roosters were pretty ordinary. They pretty much ruined your week one with their scoring. Uh, Teddy only got 32. And I know a lot of people last week were quick to jump off him and be like, oh, is Roosters finished, Teddy finished. Class is permanent. He comes back with an 84 last week in a game which was heavily affected by the weather as well. Yeah, I think that was just a really good reminder that you know he's one of the elite players in our game, and if you've got him at the start of the year, you should just stick with him. 
what I liked from Teddy as well was how, for years we've seen Teddy as a run-first player. He got back to a passing game last year sort of by need with Kiri not being there. But it was his kicking game which impressed me most um, last week against Manly. I think he forced two or three dropouts and that just built that pressure and really kept Manly out of the game after in that second half after what looked like a mini fight back. My good though, I'm sticking, you say their class is permanent, Cam Munster. Uh, what a return from Cam. Now, he you know, has his critics, but I thought what, what impressed me most amongst that performance, yes, he scored a try, but it wasn't so much the 17 points that he got from the try. It was the fact he was in a position to take the pass from Harry Grant. I think in years gone by, it would have been uh, Ryan Pappenhausen or Jerome Hughes, his opposite half trailing through. But Munster was there, good signs that he wants to be around the ball and that he is there. And obviously that trade came off the back of uh, Sam Walker, saying goodbye to Sam Walker. So... That looked a little bit shaky after 10 or 15 minutes and Walker was on 50 points, but that's about where he stayed. So I guess the right decision in the end on that one. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, and they've got a tough game again this week, the Roosters. But I think back on Munster, his involvement in that first half especially was just a great sign. I, I put him in last week as well. And obviously there'd been massive hype around him over the offseason. And, mm. you know, it's a good first game, you have to say. He really passed with flying colours and the Storm have a good little run coming up. So hopefully he can put some scores together. On top of that, it was his first hit out for the year, and we saw how much these other class players you speak of, Tedesco, Travojevic, and other, Pappenhausen, Fafida, all these big supercoach names, they struggled in their first week. Munster, he's hit the ground running. We'll see when they think Cleary gets back if he can do the same. All right, give me your bad from last week. Yeah, well, look, scoring wasn't terrible from this man, David Fafida, but mm. he was just sitting there on Saturday afternoon. We spoke earlier about our captain's choices Watching him play the the Warriors, the Titans really dominated the game for large periods, but Fetus didn't get any ball. And having him captain, it was just so frustrating to see him barely taking a run. I think he's got in the 50s, maybe 54 off the top of my head, but Mm. it was just a really disappointing watch, you'd have to be honest. And then the worst part, I thought, was the fact that the game was in the balance in the last 15 minutes and he was taken from the field. I don't know if that's a great sign going forward demoralizing isn't it i know it was a hot day but i'm not going to use that as an excuse because we said the week before that the good in for feeder or despite his low score i think he got a 60 uh, at the end of round one but the good in that performance was that he played 80 minutes and you take away that and very quickly that becomes a bad showing i think without that try assist and i don't have it here on the top of my head how many try assists he's got in his career but i think it'd, it'd be less than five he's not really a, a assisting player i wouldn't think Without that try assist, the line break assist, he probably finishes on about 15 points. So it just shows you how vital uh, in everyone's week that try assist to Greg Marju actually was. My bad was Lachlan Ilias, and his struggles just continue there for Souths. We've already spoken Munster. Munster, the experience. Ilias in his, what was it, third career game. He's been thrust into this number seven jersey, and he just looks out of his depth, it must be said. Yeah, I do agree, but at the same time, it's an absolute baptism of fire for him. You know, the first game away to Brisbane isn't easy. Then they've got Storm, now Roosters and Penrith. You couldn't have barely four harder games than that to start your NL career. Um, Look, I don't know. Maybe uh, the coach is also thinking the same as you, and I think Blake Taff would be willing to play halfback if he was given the chance. Yeah. But yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. I I think he'll get a few more chances, but he's got to start doing something soon. I, I do agree with you. Because he doesn't take the pressure off Walker like Reynolds did. So, again, you can't expect that from a third NRL gamer, but that's that's your role in that team. And 
just not living up to that. You mentioned Taft there. I think we said in the preseason we were probably surprised that Taft didn't lead that race because he did have that big game experience. I think he's probably closer to 10, 15 NRL games. There's no harm, I feel, in bleeding or debuting Ilias off the bench to start this year at least. You mentioned those tough fixtures. It could be as simple as Ilias back to 14 and Taft to uh, to make way in the seven. But again, in terms of our super coach cheapy prospects, he just isn't hitting the goals and it's hard coming off uh, a year like we saw with Sam Walker last year. It's it's tough to live up to those rapid rise or, or that rapid rise that we saw from Walker last year, isn't it? Absolutely. But you've got to remember as well, halfback is probably the toughest and most scrutinized position in the game. And they can't all be Sam Walker or Nico Hines from last year just making so much money. So, look, he could be a slow burner. But, yeah, I agree. It's uh, it's probably not great early signs. What about our ugly for the week? What did you go with? See, I've gone here with... Uh, so, ugly, I guess, is something that... A little bit long, long, uh, more long-term implications, I should say. Something that wasn't just subject to that week. So... My ugly from last week was Bullymore subbed off after just 32 minutes. Now, he didn't appear to be injured. I know he went up the tunnel, but he's been named this week. We haven't heard anything. So if he's just... I know he played 80 that first week, but if he's a 30-minute role now, that's really ugly because I'd almost rather this week he get named in jersey 15, 16, 17, and, and we know that he's not anticipating big minutes. So for me, it's Bullymore being subbed off and the in the I guess the what we don't know, what's going to come from round three onwards. Yeah, 100%. And we also have to remember with him that his first round score was really inflated by that try and he's not going to be really down for a try every week. Um, yeah. My ugly, I don't know what to think about this one. Damian Cook last week, uh, Storm versus Rabbitohs, it was a tense game at the end. It was getting close. And I don't know if Cook was injured or not. I don't think he was. He was taken from the field and Saliva Havili came on. And I yeah. honestly think they looked almost better with Havili on the field, which is quite strange to say but then speaking to some South fans over the weekend and they they agreed with me so I don't know what the future holds for Damien Cook obviously he's class number nine but maybe he's he's just getting on a little bit yeah I'm not sure on that one because it's tough because we we looked at Cook in the absence of Harry Grant to start the year I know you did um would have been a popular pick at number nine I'm not sure of his ownership percentage but anticipating that to go down given what we saw at the weekend let's recap the results from round two uh, and we do that here now for you on the screen uh, look at it there it kicked off on Thursday night the uh, Melbourne Storm obviously took care of the Rabbitohs uh, Friday a game which had uh, implications in terms of its injuries for Brian To'o the Panthers prevailed over the Dragons 20 points to 16 we might talk uh, Brian To'o very very soon uh, and what that means for Penrith going forward. We mentioned there the Roosters already accounting for Manly, 26 points to 12. The Titans got the job done in the end. It was a nervous watch for us and, and a frustrating watch at the same time with Fafita on the bench for the final 15, 20 points to 18 over the Warriors. The Sharks, they won a thriller down there at Shark Park, yeah, a narrow win in the end, 18 points to 16, getting over the top of the Eels. The surprise result, you'd say, from the weekend, Tommy, the Cowboys, 26 points to six victors over the Raiders. Mate, awful. Oh, we'll get into the Raiders later, but that was one of the worst performances I've ever seen from uh, from Canberra, to be honest with you. Yeah, and rounding us out on Sunday was uh, the Knights, of course, over the Tigers, 26 points to four. And the last game of the week, which we billed as uh, a spoon bowl almost, but it was probably one of the more entertaining watches at the weekend, the Dogs and the Broncos, something you wouldn't be saying about those two teams in the past two or three years. Absolutely. That was a really entertaining Sunday night game. Uh, like you said, probably 
build is not that entertaining, but then we watched it and it was mm. it was quite a gripping game for a game which only uh, produced 26 points. Yeah, and uh, I think I declared the Broncos as absolute morals last week here on this podcast, and at $1.80 they saluted. It was probably one of the tougher watches you, you'll get at that price. Uh, gives us a good chance, though, to plug our overall group uh, and a change of leaders here at the top of that. Uh, we throw that up here now. I think it's an ad shark. This looks very small on my screen here as I see it now. But uh, congratulations to those who have uh, made some ground this week. I'm happy to see it because I'm a part of that group as well. This is the top 10. A reminder, uh, you can still join this. There's more than 1,300 people in it, but it's absolutely free to play. You can win up to $500. Uh, and all you have to do to be eligible to take home that prize is, of course, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook uh, you can get us at Supercoach365 right across your socials and that prize money courtesy of Top Tippers. Uh, of course, our tipping comp, Tommy. Now, I've, I've had a message from Dean this afternoon. If you went on and checked your app on the weekend, your tipping app, it's it's been inundated. Apparently, our tipping group is that big. Everyone's so keen to play that they're struggling to keep up with the demand. But I've been told that the developers are working on it. So get your tips in this week. We should be right from round three onwards to check the ladders and check the scores and all of that so hang tight but uh, on the top tippers app Tommy it's been a a good fun start to the year and it's the way that we've gone about it it's uh, thrown a different element to the game of tipping yeah absolutely there's a lot of different methods and strategies you can take in this form of tipping it makes every game a decision and to be honest this year most of the games are a lot closer than last year anyway so we're having to decide ourselves but the extra points and uh, the different points for different teams it really really creates an extra sense of drama and yeah hopefully we can uh, get the app sorted and uh everyone can enjoy it a bit more dna's all over it so hang tight uh listeners of the podcast and tippers who are just jumping on for the prize money uh hang with us top tippers they are doing a good job they are leading the way in the tipping space believe me uh follow us on socials we've already just said it there at supercoast 365 and on youtube where you might be listening or watching us now uh search supercoast 365 a little quick plug for us here before we dive into round three uh, Tommy, turn on your notifications. I know you've got yours on, so as soon as I post this tonight, you'll be up and, and watching uh, your performance, I'm sure. Yeah, just critiquing mine and your efforts and our looks. No worries. <laughs> we might look back at the end of the year and think, uh, geez, we actually don't know a hell of a lot. But anyway, let's uh, let's get started on this. Round three, we can uh, kick this off here now because it does get underway on Thursday night. The Dragons and the Sharks, the local derby, one of the great rivalries in the NRL. This one at Wollongong, the Dragons, a home game, and two sides which have, would you say that they've surprised us with the way they've started the year in their own respects? Because Sharks probably more defensive based than what we've seen in recent times, and the Dragons, they're probably just outperformed in every asset of the game to this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I probably did think we'd see a good Sharks performance this year, and we definitely have seen that so far. Both of their games have been pretty high quality, and they got the win the other day against Para. Saints, yeah, I've said many times now, like I, I thought they'd come last or at least in the bottom four. And they really are starting to prove me wrong. And I didn't really catch a lot of that first half the other day against Penrith. But, you know, a lot of people are saying they were hard done by against the Panthers. Uh, what's your views on that one? Yeah, look, the sin bin to Jaden Sewer was a little bit tough, I feel. I think they, they timed it and it was, you know, a fraction of a second, less than one fifth of a second, actually, the difference between making the tackle on time or being late. So, look, if you're, if you're out by. 20% of a second and you're forced to spend the next 10 minutes in the sin bin it's just huge uh, and what that did for the for the Dragons chances 
I have been impressed, though, by the Dragons. I think they've just got a bit of resolve about them this year that they haven't shown in past seasons. And I guess that on the other side to the ball in attack, they've got that creative spark. And we saw one of the Supercoach cheapies, we almost flicked him this week, Tom, uh, sorry, uh, Talatau uh, Amone, came good, try assists, 49 points. We're going to take that to the bank from uh, him every week at 280k. Absolutely, but uh, on the flip side, I think we should mention also the other sort of cheapy or mid-ranger, Sloan. Uh, he did score a try the other day, only got 26. Uh, yeah. Is that a concern, I guess, for holders going forward? Well, that's what we said last week, wasn't it? I think we look back on our teams that we played in round one, that we maybe spoken about some of these players in the preseason. Sloan was one that maybe we wished we, uh, we had, and we said here this time last week that if we had our time again, we'd probably include Sloan. But that as you say there, justifies it. 17 points off the try. I think you finish on 52, you, you say there, or definitely low 26. 50. Oh, 26. Wow. Well, they've taken some points off him yeah. since I last looked. Um, yeah, okay. Well, that's dreadful. Like, at 400K, you want to be doing a little bit more than that. The week before, though, he did hit a 70. So I think that's the way we're going to see some of these young fullbacks, he, Jaden Campbell, to a lesser degree, maybe Reese Walsh. Like, they're going to have these involvements. But Sloan, yeah. Um, tough going if, if you're holding him this week. You might think about trading him. Uh, what about some of this other team news? We see uh, Tarek Sims again named in Jersey 13, and uh, he brought a bit of starch to that pack as well last week. Yeah, not surprising to see him named there. Uh, starting this week, he's too good of a player not to wriggle, you'd think. Uh, Moses Mbai starting at nine with McCulloch out. I guess Mbai may be relevant in draft competitions now. Yeah. Uh, looking at these odds on topsport.com.au, uh, Dragons actually outsiders here, $2.08. The Sharks $1.77 head-to-head. The line just one and a half. I think when this went up, it was three and a half. So some backing at the line uh, at the start there, plus for the Dragons. Um, looking at this as well, though, obviously we mentioned the local derby there. And Jack Bird, he gets his first chance in the Red V going up against the team he won a premiership with. So... Uh, we mentioned Sims there. I guess the job security around Bird, around Sua, that would have come into question. But Bird, looking to lock down that spot on that left edge, he's going to want a big game against his old club. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this will be a really real forward battle. Um, the weather forecast, if you haven't looked for Wollongong on Thursday, is just nothing but rain. And the stadiums are right on the coast, so it's raining at the best of times there. Yep. You know, the Sharks have a tough forward pack now with Finucane and McInnes and... Uh, Braden Hammond Lewelli. So I think that'll be a real good forward battle. I'm not sure if we're conducive, conducive to scoring points. So, so players like Hines or Will Kennedy could have quite a night, so I, I think. All right, let's just jump into Hines there. You mentioned him, but I was probably going to hold a little bit of this chat till later, but let's get into it now. Uh, because plenty of our listeners' questions, and we will get them to, uh, to them towards the back end of the podcast. But Nico Hines, you're not diving into him this week. I know plenty are because they see that score of 100 last week, 70 week one. It is big. It is, I guess, a standout amongst the rest of the competition. But there are reasons still not to get too excited about Nico Hines. Yeah, look, I do see the appeal. And I was very close to pulling the trigger on him this week. But I do just think, if you look a few games down in the team list, jersey number 24, Nathan Cleary, I don't know. I'm going to wait for him. I think he's a group one performer in Supercoach. Hines yeah. is, is pretty good as well, but Cleary is just so proven. And then also, like I said there, I just think this game against Saints, I think it'll be low scoring. I think it'll be wet. I don't think we'll see Hines get 80 again, but I could be wrong. Who am I to doubt him? What I say, though, with this is if you've started without Hines, don't rush into him. If you have him, keep him, all regards, because... I think he scored, what did we say, 80 in week one or thereabouts, or was it 70, whatever it was. must have been, a, I don't know, 
doesn't really matter. 100 last week. He still needs a 50 break-even this week, which tells me that he's only 30 points in front, I think, from where he should be. I think he was priced at about a 75 or an 80 average. So across three weeks, he may only just make a little bit of cash, or he may, in fact, even lose cash. So if you've started without Hines, you still need him to get a score this week for him to make money. Do you get what I'm saying here, Tommy? Like... If you started without him, yeah. why are you rushing into him now? Because you've already taken a stance against him and you're not going to be burnt too much in terms of the cash he's making this week than what you may be on the other side of that. He probably is more of a risk to buy this week than he was at the start of the year, if, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's just that that FOMO, I guess. Uh, we've missed out on his points for two weeks now. Not a lot of other big-name players are scoring points. So I think that's, that's caused a lot of desperation to get to him. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying there... Financially, it doesn't make a lot of sense within the game, and then you've also got a player like Cleary due to come back. So yeah, I'd be, I'd be holding off on him. Uh, just another one quickly on the Sharkies, Cam McInnes on the bench. Do you think yep. this will be a common fixture going forward for the Sharks? Well, I don't know how you take off Blake Braley with the form that he's in at the moment. I think he got through sixty-one tackles the other day, scored a try. Uh, looks every bit involved in their attack. I can see him just hitting one of these props short if it's Hammond Ueli or even a Talakai close to the line. I think there's more upside in, in keeping Braley or even moving to Braley than there is going to one of these bigger names. Of course, Harry Grant, you won't go to him this week. He's not playing. But um, whether McInnes comes in or not, he may take a couple of minutes here and there before he shifts into a middle role. But even then, I think Dale Finucane's been a real standout, a real leader in this team and... and I made a tweet the other day. I think he's the buy of the year, despite what you may see from a Nico or you know, Adam Reynolds even. He's only played one game. But to this point, leading that contention for buy of the year, it's got to be Dale Finucane for mine, what he's brought to this Sharks team. Yeah, and I think um, I was listening to a Bloke in a Bar podcast yesterday with the Guru and Shandor Earl, and they were kind of saying that Finucane's impact, you know, we'd also see, we, would, we wouldn't see it, but at like training Monday to Friday, and I agree with that. You know, he's a good player for culture. He comes from the Melbourne Storm under Craig Bellamy. I'm sure he's doing wonders for the young team out of Cronulla. He will, and he'll continue to do that. And, of course, when Wade Graham comes back, that just adds another element. Teague Wilton, I think, takes the early week, so he misses one week. Talakai onto that left edge. Wilton would have been a popular buy this week, given his price, but uh, I expect that to uh, fall a little bit by the wayside, at least for one more week until he is back from uh, his one-game ban. Let's move on, though. Friday night footy. Uh, This one... At Campbelltown Stadium, the West Tigers and the Warriors, uh, you've got here in the run sheet a battle of the battlers. Two sides which have struggled to start the uh, 2022 season. Probably the two sides so far, I would say. Um, we're going to be lucky enough or unlucky enough to go out this game, I know, um, in the rain out at Campbelltown at 6pm against a team from New Zealand. So there won't be many people there. But uh, yeah, look, this is a desperation game already. I know it's only three, two rounds in, three rounds in, sorry. Tigers were just disgusting the other day, to be honest, against Newcastle. And the Warriors had their chances to beat the Gold Coast. So yeah, I, I don't know what happens here, but uh, whoever loses is going to be under serious pressure. You mentioned there Wilton sitting out uh, this week. Jackson Hastings of the Tigers may join him for two or three weeks. Uh, I think he's been hit with a dangerous contact charge. So that's another big out for the Tigers, you'd think. Um, speaking of halves, though, another new pairing in the halves for the Warriors. This would be their third in three weeks, or at least they're reverting back to that combination from round one. So um, just that uncertainty, that instability in the halves, it's probably not doing them any good. No, it's not. And I was 
going to bag at Nathan Brown, but I think Ash Taylor might be injured. That might be causing that. I'm not sure. But, yeah, look, I don't actually mind Harris DeVito and Nick Ram in the halves. I think that's probably stronger than Ash Taylor there. Um, what do you think about Matt Lodge the other day going off, throwing up after 20 minutes? Like, I know it's a hot day and first game back, but probably not a great sign. His name this week, though. But you do plan for that. You run kilometres on kilometres in the preseason. In a in their training mm. up in uh, Redcliffe or at least Queensland, so they are getting exposed to these hot, humid conditions in the preseason. I don't know. It could have just been one of those freak things uh, where he's struck down by a sunstroke. But yeah, as a lodge owner in draft, disappointing twenty minutes and, and was unsighted after that. Uh, just confirming that is the third pairing in the halves in three weeks. Of course, uh, Sean Johnson was there for the first week, so. This is that uh, combination we saw for the uh, Maori All-Stars, Nikarima and Harris Tavita. Tommy, we've got here in the run sheet players to watch. Anytime try scorers, best bets, tips. If you're putting money on this game, you've, you've got too much money because this is probably a stay away as big as you've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, and like I said before, I think they're predicting you know 40 mils of rain in, uh, in Western Sydney on Friday. So it's going to be a scrap and it's going to be desperate. I like if I had to put money on, I'd go the Warriors. I think they just have a lot more upside. Mm. But it's really hard to trust, you know, either of these teams. I think one good in for the Tigers is uh, Jacob Little. I think he's actually like a decent hooker. I think he's got a bit more ability than Simpkins. So maybe that is a positive. But then they also lose the popular cheapie in Kelman to Alungi. So, Jeez, you know, there's a few a downsides for them as well. Yeah, That hurts if you've traded him in thinking that he's going to be there for 80 week on week. I think he... He was benched early last week. Maybe he was injured. I, I didn't catch a lot of that game, but then Garner's back. So, yeah, from uh, from weeks one to three, his stocks have certainly plummeted. Uh, speaking of best bets, I, I may have found one. Maybe not a best bet, but something you could get on. You mentioned the rain there and two teams which have struggled to score points. The unders, 38.5. Yeah, I mean... The dollar eighty to two dollars topsport.com.au maybe a stretch there. The the Warriors actually favourites in that game a dollar seventy seven two oh eight head to head. So similar odds to what we're seeing there Thursday night with the Sharks and the Dragons. But Friday night, Tommy, the 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 main course after a pretty disinteresting entree, or uninteresting entree. Uh, of course, we speak of here the Rabbits and the Chookies. Rivalries, uh, rivalry round of sorts. Of course, uh, the NRL's multicultural round, I think, is a good initiative. They've had the Indigenous round in the past, but this round paying tribute to all of the cultures which make up our great game. One of the men most passionate about his cultures is Latrell Mitchell, and uh, he caught some headlines last week with his, you'd say, indifferent performance against the Storm. Yeah, he took a while to get going. Um, I think he was only... I've got him in draft, so I watch him quite closely. He was only on about 20 points after 60 minutes. But then he, he he really turned it on. He set up two tries to get them back into the game. Obviously, his goal kicking wasn't at his best, but then he kicked the field goal from 40 metres. So yeah. it really was the literal Mitchell show the last 10 minutes of that game. And that's just how he likes it. And I'm sure it will be again this week again. Just very explosive. The uh, James Tedesco I saw came out yesterday in a press conference uh, Monday after uh, after watching Latrell, obviously, and, and being having a front-row seat to what happened with that incident with Joey Manu last year, he says that they would play into Latrell's hand by getting too emotional about this game and about what's happened in the past. And the Roosters in the past have been caught up in getting emotional and trying to exact their revenge. But it's hard not to be emotional in this game, you think, because it, it does mean yeah. so much to a lot of people. Yeah, and like I, I get why Teddy's saying that, and they probably... 
they probably shouldn't get too involved with it because last year in that game, that infamous match, they got really involved in that rivalry and South ended up putting 50 on them. So they don't really want to get sucked into that, I don't think. But then you have a look at their team list, players like Collins, Radley and JWH against Luttrell in the rain. I just can't see them not being a little bit of fire and brimstone. Yeah, try and uh, keep those big dogs on the leash at your peril. Okay, let's talk that back row, though, because we, we started the podcast there with Angus Crichton in Jersey 16. Uh, Nat Bookcher, now I spoke with the NRL Don the other day, and he's calling him Nerbo after that move that he put on Tommy Turbo to score that, I think it was his second try there, stepping and in and away. So Nerbo in Jersey 11, uh, Satili 12. Satili obviously missed uh, the large or a some part of that second half anyway with his head knocks. So... Questions there about what that Roosters lineup actually looks like. We'll probably only find out at Friday at 7.05 p.m. when the final team lists are confirmed. Yeah, I guess that's what I was alluding to before with possibly Crichton coming in if Tupanua, like, fails a HIA or something. Oh, yeah, Nat Butcher, I think he was the highest scorer across the whole of the game, so not popular in draft. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're looking pretty solid. Connor Watson was also – he was injured last week, so is there any question marks about him maybe not being fit as well? Yeah, I think there's a couple there, and obviously Drew Hutchinson started the game last week and uh, scored a try, in fact. So, has shown he's capable in playing that hooking role. Mr. Fixit, hasn't he been, uh, Hutchinson, the past couple of years for the Roosters? Uh, on the other side of this, Tommy, uh, Cam Murray named to start this week, as he was last week, but ended up coming off the bench. We've spoken already about the South's bench and how Cook impacted Havili or vice versa. Is there merit in, in starting some of these bigger guns off the bench and bringing them on for impact? We said already with Angus, but Murray seems like one of those, especially from your captain, someone that you want out there for 80 minutes. Yeah, it didn't make much sense to me, and I don't think it really worked because Melbourne really dominated the early stages of that game. So I don't know what the theory was there, but I doubt we'll see it again. Um, mm. Probably the thing that really caught my eye with the South's list was the backline reshuffle. We've got Tane Mill now going to play left centre. And if you watched the game last week against Melbourne, Jackson Paulo, he was really found out in that left centre position. Yeah. Uh, Roosters favourites here. dollar fifty seven. The start... Uh, sorry, $1.57. See us $2.45. Topboard.com.au. The start and even four. Over under, again, 38.5. I think I saw a stat, or you might have mentioned it even last week, about how many games have been unders. Uh, already to start the year. I think it was something like 14 or 15 at the time. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned that rain around Sydney uh, Thursday, Friday could be in for uh, not as many points this weekend as we've you know become used to in years gone by. You mentioned Tedesco at the top of the podcast, Tommy, and his class. They'll need every bit of that this week against the old rivals because you think it's only a matter of time before uh, you know these other names across the list. We've already mentioned the troll, but particularly Cody Walker and even Damian Cook. They they have to click at some point, and this derby game might be, you know, the the fuel to the fire to make that happen. Yeah, I think the form book goes out the window for this game. It's kind of just a derby. They're both going to be so up for it, given I guess the storylines heading into it. I I just think it'll be a real close game. I think unders is a good good shout. Um, I don't know who to tip. I'm probably go with the Roosters just because they showed a bit more last week. But yeah. I did think South, you know, even though they made a lot of errors last week, they were really close to clicking. So it could happen this week. To see here a tweet from the NRL physio uh, only recently. He says, confirmation that Connor Watson, he did in fact suffer a shoulder subluxation in round two. That involves the shifting of the shoulder ball in the socket without it completely popping out. Name to play this week. Usual return to play is one to three weeks. The risk being the re-injury. So 
high re-injury rate. So, again, we've mentioned uh, the long season. Maybe Connor's just put on ice this week. So if you're holding Connor Watson, maybe be prepared come Friday night, middle of that second game, to, to make some changes uh, on your bench. Anything else there you like, Tommy? You mentioned Jackson Paulo and Tane Milne in the centres. He's up against uh, Joey Manu, so he's got a tough job marking arguably the world's best centre on his day, who to this point of even has been kept very quiet in these first two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. I think I do like Tane Milne in left centre. I don't think it was working last week. And I think that left side will be back this week. I think we'll see Alex Johnson get at least a try. If you look back at Rabideau's recent meetings against the Roosters, they put 50 on them last year. They put 60 on them in 2020. Yeah. And uh, that's the night AJ scored five tries. So they definitely like the left side against the Roosters. So I wouldn't be uh, against that. I'm looking at Joey Manu. I think he gets one in his comeback game. Well, not his comeback, but his first game, you know, first meeting against South since, of course, uh, Latrell smashed his face into a thousand pieces. So uh, Joey Manu, $2.93, anytime try scorer. I'm happy to have a little bit of that uh, in uh, what will be, despite what they say, it will be a fiery game, that one. Saturday afternoon. Now, I put a tweet out on the weekend that I'm never captaining anyone in this game ever again because we went with Fafita in week two, Tedesco in week one. It just seems a cursed game. Panthers v Knights. It's probably a good thing that Brento was not there for a lot of people because he would have been a popular captain, you'd think. Saturday afternoon, Bathurst, maybe a high-scoring game, but the Knights, they have proven us wrong to this point. Yeah, well, look, all my attention was just drawn straight to Jersey 24 in this game, and I think, you know, you speak about captains there. If we find out on Friday that Cleary is playing... Well, a, we'll get to your trades soon, but how many people are going to put him in straight in their team and how many are going to put the captain? I think, as well as that, how many extra trade boosts will we see this week to make all of that happen or not happen? Um, mm-hmm. So that's another factor that we're going to have to consider. I said it's annoying that he's been named. I don't really know any other way to put it. I'd rather him named in seven or not named at all. So uh, we will be keeping a keen eye on the team list there. Otherwise, uh, we've already mentioned it there. Brain thought I expected to miss six to eight weeks. That opens the door for Taylor in May, 250K thereabouts. Supercoach Cheapy emerges, and he gets a good go at some good real estate there on the Panthers' left. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really hot side of the competition, the Panthers' left. Taylor May at rock bottom price straight in there. You'd have to think, you know, if, if you, I guess don't have that many other trades to make this week he'd be a high priority for you yeah. playing outside Isaac Tago who's probably been the chief of the year so far yep Tango turned in another 56 I think it was anyway it was 50 something against the Dragons he got over the line it could have been 70 um, denied a try there in the end I think it was a, a try he played that double movement in real speed Ravalawa actually drives him into the in goal area not the other way around so Probably hard done uh, by there, Isaac Dungo. Ponga back here for the Knights as well. I was going to say it's a big inclusion, but they looked pretty good even without him last week. So does he does he help their cause this week? Yeah, you'd have to think he does. Uh, they did look good without him. Texoy wasn't too bad. And, mm. geez, Jake Clifford, Clune as well, but Jake Clifford, he's really turning into a solid half. Um, I like his kicking game. I don't really know in hindsight why the Cowboys got rid of him and got in Chad. Considering yeah. that Clifford's only 21, he could have been your halfback or five eight for the next 10 years. Interesting, isn't it? Because they obviously took a stance. And since he's come to the Knights, even back in the last year, he looked the winner. So uh, obviously learning uh, a lot of good things under the tutelage there of the greatest of all time. 
Andrew Johns. Uh, any uh, Anything we should look out here for? Supercoach already mentioned the cheapies. The other side to that, I think news again from the physio tonight. Uh, David Clemmer set for surgery. Uh, bad cork that he copped in round one. Uh, Knights say he'll miss a few weeks in quotation marks there. Usual return to play for that sort of injury, three to six weeks. So that's a blow for the Knights. Uh, a couple of Saifides I'll start in jerseys eight and ten. So Daniel's back. Yeah, that's a good inclusion, but big big blow with Claimer. They probably do like a bit of depth, the Knights, and that's another person they're not going to want to miss. But uh, I guess Barnett with Fitzgibbon's injury in the back row, Barnett comes into play perhaps yep. on that edge. I think the other edge back row for Knights, Frizzell, he's been he's had a great start to the year, hasn't he? Yeah, phenomenal. Um, and you look at his average this year, you compare it to 2020, and even that man we've already spoken of, uh, David Fafita at the top of the podcast there, we captained him last week. The scoring patterns, there's just this uncanny similarity between 2022 and 2020. So maybe last year was just a freak year. I, I encourage you, go have a look at, at the, the players that are doing well this year. Arguably had career best years in 2020, at least some of these names that we've mentioned here tonight. Dane Gagai, another one of those for Newcastle. He comes up against the young gun, uh, Isaac Dungor, this week. So all eyes on that one. Tommy, if you're having a bet here in this one, which uh, Saturday afternoon, it's probably hard not to have a look at least. The Panthers, $1.23. The Knights, maybe a little bit of value there. $4.20 head-to-head. The line, 11 and a half. So punters still keen to take on the Panthers at the minus, $1.85. That's the favoured way there, $1.95, the plus. Yeah, I quite like the Knights at the plus. Um, probably before Cleary was named in the squad. If Cleary plays, it might be a little bit different, but... Yeah. I just think Newcastle are playing some solid footy. I don't think they have that much quality in attack, but they're pretty strong defensively. And, you know, Penrith like a defensive game as well. So I think it'll be a bit tighter than the market indicates. Over under there again, 38 and a half. So it seems a popular sort of gauge to where we're looking at points uh, this weekend. Uh, otherwise, though, the Panthers, they just keep on winning games, don't they? This one out at Bathurst. So that home record, it won't be tested this week. Um 955 days it was at round one when they beat Manly. So that that record or that unbeaten streak at Penrith Park continues uh, this weekend no matter what. Let's talk the next game, though, because this game has obviously been impacted by some news on the team list this afternoon as well. The Melbourne Storm, they'll be without Harry Grant, which we were all looking forward to the battle of the number nines here. Grant up against uh, Reid Marnie, a fellow Queenslander. Maybe these two would have went head-to-head almost an origin preview or a showdown for that number nine. Yeah, arguably the two best hookers in the game at the moment, really. Um, is a big out for Melbourne, but how big of an out is it? Um, Wishart may have to come in and start at nine. Mm. I don't know who else they really can call upon. So I, I think it's actually quite a big out. You mentioned Jersey 24 for the Panthers. What about Jersey 23 for the Storm? Brandon Smith. Now, I know we're expecting him to miss a lot more footy than what his return to play would be if he's out there this week. But would you be shocked if he gets out there? I mean, I traded him out on the thinking he's gone for four to six. These injuries, there's just not that transparency about them, is there? Because we don't really know. We don't. We, we just get told what we what we do get told, and we just have to play by those rules. Well, we're going off the facts. Well, we think the fact that he broke his hand. How could he play a fortnight later? That that mm-hmm. seems amazing to me. Oh. I don't know, maybe because Grant's out there way more desperate and they get him in. But, yeah, I'd be surprised. Um, what did you think of Melbourne the other night, just on a general comment? I thought they really started well and they look, 
you know, at their clinical best, but then they fell into some real bad habits. And yeah, I don't know, was that just the sort of game it was against South or is that a bit concerning? A couple of sin bins don't help them. And again, I think this makes Munster score last week even better. He played, what was it, 60 minutes with just uh, 12 on the park for the Storm. So to me, that says that they're rock hard fit. They still got the win. Yes, it was probably a little bit ugly the way they went about it at the end, but they've come to play this year, the Storm. I think it's almost their... I think we said in our season previews, it's almost their last dance, isn't it, with some of these older types. Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, um, Brandon obviously moving on at the end of the year as well. Just on Bromwich, what do you make of his uh, supercoach score last week? Close to 60 in the absence of Christian Welch. Is he maybe getting at that mid-range quote? I think he's about 350k in that position, which sort of lacks those good mid-range options. It's either Bullymore King times two, or you are playing premium with Haas and an AFB or someone of those kinds. Yeah, look, if he could produce that again, I'd be looking at him for sure. Um, that's a position where I'm sort of going cheap in the front row forwards. And uh, I'd like to see him do it again, though, because it's been a fair few years now. He hasn't really been that super coach relevant. So mm. have to wait and see. I think just on the front row is Josh King, named in 13, but he's a front row on super coach. He's churning out some really good scores of, I think, 50 both weeks now at 280K. Yeah. Really happy with him. And I think a lot of owners would be. Absolutely. The question only is, is how long has he got left? So on the other side of that, if you've started with him, great. If you don't have him, would he be a part of that maybe three-way trade boost trade this week to sort of cushion that blow and, and copper price rise this week, regardless of if he has one, two, three more weeks left in Jersey 13? Does it really matter? Yeah, it's a big question. You're right. Uh, once, you know, well, if Brandon Smith plays this week, he probably retains his spot because I'd imagine Brandon would be hooker. But going forward you're right once brandon and harry are back you have to think he's probably just gonna be on the bench mm. but yeah i think it's worth the price rise at the moment uh what about Parramatta? pretty unlucky in defeat last week good performance big test though this week we'll really see where they're at against melbourne you say unlucky there unlucky the way it panned out the final couple of minutes maybe like but they did miss tackles so i don't think they got dotted by refs and they had a stack of possession that first half from minutes say 28 to 40 I think it was five or six, six agains in a row that they received either through Shark Seal discipline or a bat down on tackle four, five, six, whatever it was. They had so much ball and they couldn't find a way through. This is what made me sit up and take notice of Dale Finucane. He would have made 25 tackles in that 10-minute period, I dare say, because he was in everything and he held that line together the way he has at Melbourne in the past. So uh, just on the eels, though, are you happy with the way that they've started the year? Obviously a loss last week, but the, even their win in week one, it probably wasn't the most convincing way to get two points. Yeah, you know, you're right. They've both been uh, real close games that they've been involved in. I don't think they've been that impressive, but i, I got to be honest, I probably didn't think they were going to be at the top this year. So it's probably okay. what I expected from them. Um, one guy who's he's played well, but he's scoring, Reed Marnie. He's got yeah. a 37 and a 59, and that was with a try last week. Wow. Playing 80 minutes both games as well. Like To the eye, the eye test, he's played pretty good footy, but it's not translating into scores at all. Yeah, you could say that about a lot of these guys, and that's sort of where Nico Hines bucks that trend, doesn't it? Because he hasn't looked that great, but he's still scoring well. Compare that with what we've seen from other these or some of these other big names like Marnie, Turbo, to an extent, maybe less so, but Teddy even week one. Uh, it is hard, and I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on it to why they're not getting the scores anyway. But Marnie was uh, one of those options to start the year, wasn't he, that we spoke of about in Harry Grant's absence starting at hooker. So I dare say he'd probably be a popular trade out this week. 
uh, Marnie there. Just on this one, $1.50 the Storm head-to-head, $2.60 the Eels. The plus, 4.5 now. The Eels actually favoured at $1.85. The Storm, the minus, $1.95. This opened up at 7.5. So I think historically the Eels, they haven't been too flustered by the Storm even going down to Melbourne, I think, of last year, I think they snapped that winning streak up at Suncorp. But in the past, going down to Melbourne, it hasn't really phased them. So the plus, it's seen some support there. Yeah, and I guess with a Harry Grant uh, being ruled out today, it's probably a bit of money's come for that. And yeah, like you said there, Eels beat the Storm twice last year. So that's not many teams could say they've done that in the past 20 years, really. So yeah. uh, I'll go with the Storm, but I think it'll be a pretty close game. Yeah, I probably wouldn't be getting on the four and a half, but if you got in early, you shopped early, uh, well done to you. You're probably licking your lips at that one, just hoping that the Eels can keep it tight because uh, their defence was shaky week one and couldn't close it out last week against the Sharks at Shark Park. Rounding us out on Super Saturday, the Raiders and the Titans. Raiders back at home, had a good win at home uh, week one against the Sharks. Are they at home, Tommy? Uh, I think they are. Yeah, Um, Good to be back at home because... They want to really turn that into a fortress this year after a couple of years on the road. Yeah, absolutely. And they can only improve on what they showed on Saturday night against the Cowboys because that was just a disaster. Actually, I tweeted, uh, like I followed Canberra since I was six years old and mm. that, I can't remember a worse performance than the other night. They just had, like, they did have a few injuries and COVID and whatnot, but really there wasn't many excuses. They just played dreadful footy. I don't think a player played well on their team. So, They've got a lot of making up to do. And, you know, the Titans, as we've seen, they've got a lot of attacking firepower. They do. Uh, the way that they won last week, the Titans, probably encouraging to the coach that they can win a tight one and that they can come from behind as well. Uh, down at halftime, I think the uh, Warriors kept scoreless in that second half. For the Raiders, the team list, uh, some good news for us super coaches. The cheapy uh, Schneider is back, named in Jersey 7. So just shows you that uh, Ricky keen to rush in the rookie half. And I think that'll make Jack Whiten better as well. It might just open up him to play a little bit more that running, free-flowing, ad-lib style of footy, which we did see from him in week one. Yeah, and Schneider's a goal kicker as well, and it's good to get him back for round three. He'll, he'll be in for a nice price rise uh, next week. Mm. Also seeing Nick Kotrich and Rapana, they're both back, so they're big ins. Uh, I guess Rapana in the past probably two or three seasons has become a really good scorer on Supercoach. He's one to follow in the next few weeks. And I guess we should mention uh, Josh Hodgson, uh, gone for the year with an ACL. Yeah. Uh, probably well, it's his last ever game now in Canberra. Would have been round one. Tom Stalling, I guess the door opens up for him to be a, a super coach cheap. Yeah, it does. I think uh, he played some big minutes last week, didn't he, Starling? I think he got 39. In the past, he showed glimpses of that running style, almost like a Damian Cook, didn't he? Uh, getting out and, and causing some havoc. So interesting to see how he can test these Queensland, uh, sorry, Gold Coast Titans middles. Coincidentally, Queensland middles as well with uh, Tino and uh, Big Mo there as well. Uh, Raiders here, $1.70, $2.15. The Titans, the line, an even $2.90. Each of two there, over under 39.5. So expecting a couple of points in this one. Two teams which do love to throw the footy around when things are clicking, that is. Yeah, if I had to choose, I'd say this would be the highest scoring game of the weekend. I'm not sure about defence, and I'm not sure about the Gold Coast either, but I am surprised we're favourites because that was pretty underwhelming the other night. But yeah, hopefully there's a little bounce back for us. Yes, uh, we look forward to that one. As we say there, Saturday night, that one closes us out there. Uh, you got also here, we haven't mentioned it yet, but news around uh, Jermaine Asako signing with the Titans today. 
he was dead to rights. He was going to the Parramatta Eels at one stage, and then five minutes later, he's at the Titans. It's, it's a curious signing, isn't it? Because they've got a heap of depth in, in their outside backs. I don't know what he brings to that side that isn't maybe already there. No, I don't understand it either. You know, we've got Sammy and Marzu both playing good footy, and then Corey Thompson, who's probably their best swinger, still to come mm. back. So I don't know where Osaka gets in. Maybe he's cover just for Campbell or Brimson if they were to go down at some stage. But yeah, I, you mentioned in the in the preseason, you know, NRL's best kept secret. This was a good secret because everyone had him going to power, and then somehow the Titans swept in. You mentioned him maybe covering Brimson. I think I said in the preseason that he did play a lot of footy at the six in his twenties days. I'd love to see him get a little bit closer to the footy because I think he is he's a damaging runner. He's got quads like tree trunks. Uh, he's got a good pass on him as well. We've seen that in his time at fullback. So. If the opportunity does come for him to play a little bit of six this year, maybe around origin time, I'd be keen to see it from uh, Jermaine Asako, that is. All right, let's leave that one there. Uh, next game, the first game on uh, Sunday. This one again, uh, with a couple of derbies or rivalry rounds uh, this week. This one, uh, the Forex derby. Broncos and Cowboys, Suncorp Stadium, Sunday afternoon, 40. It's rare we see it, but uh, looking forward to this one. Dry track up there, we hope. Yeah, I can't remember the last time this game wasn't a Friday night or or a Sunday night, I guess, the year of the grand final. But uh, yeah. both teams, really good wins last week. The Brisbane Broncos have probably been the most impressive team so far. It's like two really good wins, uh, tough, gritty wins. Adam Reynolds looked great the other night, I thought. What a pity that try he set up for Katoni Staggs wasn't a try in the end. Yeah, I think Katoni, one of the more popular super coach uh, options to start the year and it was a double whammy if you're holding him in draft like I am because that was uh, obviously last game of the week, plenty riding on it, and he just couldn't uh, couldn't get it down, which is um, which is a shame. Broncos, as you say there, they're looking settled to start the year, and I think you said here that they're shooting for three straight wins for the first time in a long time. Are they a top eight chance? It's too early to say it because their wins, again, Seattle's maybe a little bit unproven. The Dogs, we're not sure what to expect of them ongoing this season but Broncos they do look solid don't they particularly with Haas and Carrigan leading the way through the middle and you mentioned there Adam Reynolds uh, pretty solid on debut yeah look they're showing really good signs um I didn't have him in my eight preseason but mm-hmm. starting to sit up and take notice so they've got an exciting backline Herbie Farnworth was brilliant the other night and even someone like Albert Kelly you know now with a strong halfback next to him he could be you know a solid player for the whole year so yeah I'm starting to take notice of them uh, the Cowboys, on the other hand, I know they won the other day by 20, but I still didn't think they were that impressive against Canberra. Uh, I think yep. this will be a pretty hard game for them personally. I think last year they bled the most Supercoach points, or at least the games that they were involved in were the highest uh, Supercoach-generating games, if that makes sense. This year, without knowing for certain, I'd say they're at the other end of that. I think they'd be on the lower end, at least, if not right down the bottom. Um, I think the highest score last in their first week was Tom Gilbert, who had a 77. Before updates, it was like 67. Um, or maybe even 71 for Gilbert that first week. But last week against the Raiders, uh, I, don't, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, Tommy, but the, the top score from any player in that game probably wasn't very high, I wouldn't say. Mate, the standard of that game was woeful, to be honest. I'm not surprised to see it so low. Um, I think Tom Dearden would have been one of the highest scorers. He actually had a decent game, and right. he's been a little sneaky good signing. Um, just on low scoring, uh, Jeremiah Nanai, I know he's been maybe a popular cheapie and you have him in draft. Yeah. He's another player that, like, on the eye test, 
he looks like he has a great game and he, he scored a try and he's only got 35 points. So I just, I don't mm. understand sometimes. <laughs> it's funny. Um, we went back. I had a look at this on Monday because I was the same as you. I was out at the time this game was on. I checked my phone. I saw he'd scored. I was like, you beauty. Um, I brought him in classic last week. We did our trades. He was one of the first men in for Brandon Smith. He came in, scores a try, turns out 30-something. You'd think if he doesn't score that try, what does he get? He gets uh, 18. It's just ridiculous. He played 80 minutes. I think he gave away two or three penalties, and he missed 10 tackles. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, what edge is missing 10 tackles? It's hard. And the fact that they only conceded six points, it just shows you how good the Cowboys' defense actually is this year. It makes that that six points even better because when your edges are missing 10 tackles, you should be conceding more than six. Yeah, well, I didn't know the negative side of his game there. That's quite amazing stats. Um, mm. Broncos $1.50, Cows $2.60, the line's six, minus six to the Broncos. Mm. I don't know. I'm pretty keen Broncos can cover that the way they're going back at home. Yeah, yeah uh, their first real test really, isn't it? The Cowboys, I think um, what we've seen the past couple of weeks, they probably caught the, the Raiders on, on an off week in the first week, the Dogs, so many new combinations in the uh, pissing down rain. So... The Broncos, dry track. We know that they've got attacking threats. The generals there in, in Reynolds. Kelly, you mentioned, has had a great start to the year. I think anyone who had anyone but Albert Kelly in that number six jersey to start the year had rocks in their head because he was their best half far and away last year. I'll say that. Um, over under 38.5. I'm going overs. I know we haven't really seen enough from, from either teams, but I'm happy to probably be on the overs there. $1.95. So it's actually the outside uh, way of thinking in that game. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, we don't really do bold predictions anymore on this podcast like we used to, but if I had one this week, I think Staggs, will, he'll lift. He'll score okay. a try or two, and he'll, he'll go good on Supercoach. Let's chat Staggs quickly before we move on to the next game because it's going to have a, a little bit to talk about there as well, but hard to go past Staggs. He is a popular pick. Disappointing the way he's played maybe the first couple of weeks on Supercoach, but you mentioned there's two sides to the game. His defense has been brilliant the first two weeks. But you don't get Supercoach points for being brilliant in defense. It's unfortunate because that's the way we look at it. We think he's had a bad start to the year. He just hasn't had the attacking output, but his defense, it's been first class. He's actually had two real good performances, to be honest. It's just it has not translated to scores. He's only averaging 28 over those first two games. Yeah. It's a lot higher if he, if he puts the ball down the other night with that Reynolds assist. So, uh, look, yeah, I think they've got the Cowboys and then the Warriors the next two weeks. I think we'll see some good scores from him. His break-even is 86 or something like that. So I think he'll be a popular trade-out just going off that. Um, and then I think they've got a couple of tough games against uh, maybe the Roosters and the uh, Panthers or the Panthers. Storm and Panthers in the in the uh, rounds five and six, I think, or, or thereabouts. So if you are getting rid of Katoni, you probably want to be playing with him after round six. I don't think he makes the origin team this year unless that injury to Brain opens the door for a right centre. Tommy Turbo goes to the wing. Let's talk origin in six or seven weeks, though. Let's not get into that yet. Speaking of Tommy Turbo, perfect little segue here into the final game of the round. The Dogs, uh, they go to Four Pines Park, the first team to go to the new look Brookie Oval. Is this the game, Tommy? Is this the game where Tommy finally picks up his act and uh, gets in his mood does Tommy come out and get anywhere near that massive break even of 307? I've never seen anything like it. I don't think he'll get anywhere near that, but I still, yeah, I think we probably knew going into the season, Manly's first two games were tough, and I think we probably knew Turbo wasn't going to go massive, but this was the game we all had circled as, you know, he could easily get 100 a year or more. So yeah. the dogs probably haven't been as bad, though, as what people 
like uh, expected. So maybe, yeah. I don't know. I want to see him do it first before I'm starting to declare him again. Just two games already, obviously, yeah, round two, heading into round three. That price tag there, top left of screen, $1.2 million. That is why at only 51 points per game, 307 is a massive break even. We've mentioned the dogs there. Then it's the Raiders, and then it's the Knights. So away to Raiders as well, you must add, after I've just talked up the Raiders' home form. Uh, and then back at home against the Knights. So, look, I think Tommy could be a buy, but he's. I think he's projected this week 130, and he's still losing 130K. So, I mean, if he gets anything less than 100, he could he could drop below a million. I'm going to say it could be massive. Yeah, and I don't think, off the top of my head, we haven't seen a score above 120 this season. So yeah, to just bank on him even getting his projected is a big ask. Uh, the game's changed this year, and I think he's going to get a pretty big price uh, drop. I did say, though, I think you look at their draw um, throughout the course of the season, and obviously heavy favourites here, $1.27, topsport.com.au, head-to-head, the line, minus 10.5, uh, the dogs, $3.80. Maybe a little bit of value there, the way that they've started the year. I think Turbo will score yeah. at least 15 tries at home this year. And I think it starts this week. Well, it has to start this week, I guess. They haven't have they played a home game yet. They haven't. So I've been a bit unlucky mm. in that regard, having to play away against two of the best teams. So this is definitely, you know, a dropping class back at home. I do think, yeah, the 10 and a half, though, the way the Dogs have defended their first two games, albeit against probably teams who don't have the attacking exploits of Manly, um, I think it'll be... A close game. I think Des will be nervous about this one. He'll want to see Manly, you know. This is where we'll see where they're at. If they can't put away the dogs, well, yeah. I don't know. They could be in for a long year again. A couple of rivalries already mentioned, some derbies. This not a. This may be the Des derby. Obviously, uh, yeah. he went back and forth between these clubs. Um, you mentioned Des there. We've got a little clip of him in the post-game responding to a friend of the show, Matt Russell of Fox League, uh, after the game, and he said... Uh, he took a little bit of a question here. I think he was a little bit prickly in his response to Tom's form and his, his body, his condition to start the year. And while he was there, Daly Chair Evans, he spoke of the importance of getting back in front of the home fans back at Brookie. Does the commentary said at times Tom doesn't quite look right? Like he's got a bit of a niggle. Is he 100%? No, he's 100%. Mate. Yeah, no, we've, uh, it's, and I said last week, like the, uh, the platform that, and it's not just Tom, it's, it's, um, it's our, whole, uh, our, you know, our, our whole attack. Is clunky and it suffers you know, on on the back of you know constantly having to defend repeat sets tonight, and, and, and they built really good pressure to Roosters, and that fatigues you. And yeah, look, there's obviously going to be um, a lot of excitement around us getting back there. You know, there's a bit of a unveiling of that new stand, which is very exciting for you know our supporters and members at Four Pines now. So I know as players, we're looking forward to getting back there, but you know we're not. We certainly can't let it build all this talk and all this noise around we, you know our expectations and us being you know no wins in two games we just want to make sure that we take points of that second half and then get out and you know a really nice performance next week and we're, our destiny's in our hands again but we just got to make sure we don't leave it too late we saw this from manly last year didn't we a slow start to the year i think they were zero and four and Cherry says there, they don't want to leave it too late. So they've obviously circled this game, as you say there. This is their week. If it doesn't start now, again, they're staring down the barrel. And Tom's been there, so they don't really have the excuses or, or the, the safety blanket of, oh, we've got Tommy to come back, so things will be different in a couple of weeks' time. This is the week, I think. Yeah, it has to be. I, I agree with you. Last year, you know, they didn't have Tom, and they looked out of sorts, and then he came back, and they all clicked into gear. But, mm. yeah, they don't really have an excuse this time. They haven't had two hard games, as I said before, so... 
yeah, big game on Sunday night. I'm pretty, I'm looking forward to this one for sure. On the other side to that, though, out to stop them, the dogs, yeah, Matt Burton. He looked classy last week, didn't he? The way he got around the field, particularly that left side. He took the line on. We know he's a run-first sort of player. But I think he, he, he turned out a pretty handy score. He missed the goal as well. And I don't know if he had a hand in any tries, did he? I, I, I can't remember top of my head. But anyway, big score. Plenty of promise there. We had questions over, could he run a team? I think he's he's answered that question. I think he most certainly can. Yeah, I think he was one of the best performances of the week uh, last week. Yeah, his score wasn't incredible. But it was still pretty solid. Um, his bombs, I said on last week, they're just terrorizing teams. Tessie knew was going to have nightmares about them the other night. He couldn't get near them. Yeah. Uh, so Tommy will obviously have to be on his best catching behavior as well on Sunday night. The other man who debuted for the club, uh, TPJ, I thought he was really solid. Uh, he had a couple of stints off the field. I think he was getting pretty tired, but I don't know how many offloads he had, but it felt like every time he went into the line, he got the ball out. So he played really well. It was a real humid night, I think, from memory. I think it was about 26, 27 degrees still, about 6 o'clock. And this is mid-May. Uh, sorry, mid-March. So, um, yeah, maybe that's why he was... I think he went on and off about three or four times. It was interesting the way... If I was owning TPJ, which I think he, I've said a couple of times, I think he's one of the greatest... One of the, a great front row option this year aside Payne Haas, I would have been frustrated. But I guess the way he came back on and he was impactful, he had five, six, seven, eight offloads, I don't know, but it was it was a lot of points in offloads uh, last week. So I think there's better signs and better things ahead uh, for TPJ. Any bets here in this one, Tommy? We've mentioned the line. You've, you've sort of alluded to maybe the dogs with the start, but any time try scorers, you'd have to be, you'd have to be with the class animal in, in Tommy Turbo, you think? Well, he is due, isn't he? Um, I was pretty kind of him last week, and he, he didn't do a lot again. Uh, I am on the doggies at the plus 10.5, I think. I think Manly will probably win. But, yeah, 10.5 is a big start considering how the dogs have played so far. Uh, they're in the form, so I'm going to go with them. I like Tom, but I've just had a look here. Ruben Garrick, 470 to grab a double. He has been on that, uh, or he will run up against uh, Ockenbore down the Bulldogs' right. Ockenbore was... Uh, torn to shreds the first couple of trials we saw from uh, from the Bulldogs. So maybe some value there for Garrick. I think he's looking to get off the mark as well uh, to start his year. Tommy, let's have a quick break. We're going to uh, throw to this one. On the other side, we'll talk our team updates, our trades. Are we trade boosting? Are we not? Do we even know as we go to air on Tuesday night? Uh, and then, of course, we answer your questions. And there is plenty of them this week, so stick around. Having a bet on sport this week? Top this. Whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, Supercoast 365 Podcast, proudly brought to you again in season 2022 by topsport.com.au. Of course, uh, not only do they have the week-to-week NRL, I guess, uh, markets up, they've also got the futures up still. You can jump on, have a look at all of that as we go to air tonight. Penrith 
$4.60 premiership favourites. It's hard to argue with that. You can get on to make top four, miss top four, make top eight, miss top eight, to make the grand final, top try scorer as well. I had a look at this the other day, Tommy. Xavier Coates, $10 into $5.50. So well done to you if you've shopped early. I think he's two from two Xavier Coates. So maybe that's the way to go about it there. Anything you like or anything you've seen from the, the teams in the first couple of weeks looking ahead long term that you... Uh, might go against. I know we did our Supercoach 365 Futures multi to start the year. Storm top four. I mean, it's hard to sort of go against that going off what we've seen. Sharks uh, to make, uh, sorry, Roosters top six. Uh, sort of a bounce back win last week. So that's probably tracking along. The Sharks top eight. They've come out firing the Sharks. I've liked what I've seen from them. The one that's maybe questioned us or that has us in a little bit of trouble, top sport punters as well. The Knights to miss the top eight. They, that is still the favourite option here, $1.60 or thereabouts, to miss the top eight. But two wins from two starts, it's a little bit shaky. Yeah, they're looking quite good, aren't they? I know you, you apologised to their fans last week and probably have to do it again this week because they played well again on Sunday. But, yeah, this is a harder game this week against Penrith. So, hopefully, for the sake of our bet, uh, they can lose. As far as anything else, this is uh, something you said to me the other day, and I do agree with you, uh, Nathan Cleary, Top point scorer, $8. Yeah. Uh, people ahead of him, like Ruben Garrick is favourite, but they've barely scored a try manly themselves and doesn't really look like he's going to have the same year this year as he did last year. If Cleary plays this week or even next week, I think there's still plenty of time for him to be pretty close to top scorer. Let me just have a look. I'll bring it up here now as we uh, as we talk about that. I did say it to you because he's, he's not chasing much and the person who's leading it, Steph Crichton, 20 points, He's, he's going to take over he's from He's going to take anyway. over the kicking, yeah. So uh, Mitch Moses, 16 points. The Eels, again, their, their uh, credentials questioned the first couple of weeks. Jake Clifford there as well, obviously dependent on the Knights' form continuing. So if you like Cleary, this is the week. Get on. $8, top sport, uh, top point scorer at the year's end, topsport.com.au. Gamble responsibly, of course, as always. Tommy, let's have a look at your team. We're going to start with you, the trading places. Uh, we'll throw it up here now. I want you to talk us through this. Just two trades this week, five trade boosts remain, and you've got plenty of cash in the bank as well. Yeah, plenty of cash, and I probably have alluded to why I have so much cash during the podcast. I am looking at Nathan Cleary, obviously. Yeah, but for this week, anyway, uh, Angus Crichton, I was keen to get rid of him anyway, and then when I saw him named in 16, it just confirmed, I guess, my fears about him. I've got rid of him. I'm going to Isaiah Yo. I think I save about 100 to 150k in that trade, and I'll probably make some money uh, once prices change next week. And Yo's been consistent in his two games so far, and a nice fixture against Newcastle this week. Uh, the other one, this is a trade I never thought I'd make, getting Peter Hickey in my classic team. Wow! But I've done it. Um, yeah, 200k cheaper than Ramian. Ramian was my pod to start the season, but he just he's not producing for me, and he's just had a bit of too much of a high price to keep him. So going to Hiku, he's had some real good base scores, hasn't even scored a try yet. So happy to go there and save some cash. And that is obviously all uh, doing, saving all that cash, sorry, to get to Nathan Cleary. If he is named later in the week, I will use the boost. But for now, okay. uh, just the two trades. Look, I, as we said at the top of the podcast, we sat down last night, we spoke about this, where our head was at. This is where my head was at as recent as uh, Tuesday morning. I'll throw it up there, but I'm just going to preface this by saying I am no way wedded to this. I think I'll be on the hill with you at Campbelltown on uh, Friday 
evening, Tommy. I'll be refreshing Twitter, NRL.com, wherever I'll get the news first to tell me what this Roosters uh, forward pack looks like because it's going to change the way I go about uh, this this week and, and beyond. In fact, this is where my head was at this morning. I was going to trade boost, and uh, the men or the men out there, David Fafita, Ryan Pappenhausen, and Katoni Staggs out incoming was uh, Blake Braley via Connor Watson. Again, this is why it's so dependent on the Roosters here, some of these men not named. Uh, Pappenhausen to Reese Walsh. I'm huge on Walsh this year. We've said it in the preseason. If he was there round one, I probably would have started with him above Pappenhausen, to be fair, or, or even above Tedesco, probably above Pappenhausen. And uh, Katoni Staggs there as well and out for... Uh, Isaiah Yo via Isaac Dungo uh, pushing back down to the centers. If I was to do that, or am I, or if I am to do that, still uh, remaining trades thirty-seven with four trade boosts and that salary there five hundred and forty-eight thousand dollars, close enough to five fifty. Obviously, trying to make some headway for Nathan Cleary's pending arrival into this team. We want to be with Cleary. That's where both of our heads are at ongoing uh, from this week onwards. Yeah, it seems that way. Um, I think personally, he's just a must-have. You know, he was the first person I picked going into the season. And then when he was obviously ruled out, it changed everything. But I guess if Cleary, if we find out on Thursday, say that Cleary is going to play, does that change your mind? Are you going to try and get him in this week? No, I don't think I can. I, I mean, I've made a stance with the Roosters. Um, I got rid of Walker. I've kept Cleary for the reason. I think that the Roosters beyond this week, beyond next week, they've got a great four, five, six-week block, then I want to be playing with someone. Um, again, if Cleary flops this week, then it is a case of rushing him out, saving his cash to get to Cleary. Because I don't think there's that that need or that want to get rid of Cleary once we've got him in. He may lose cash. He probably will lose cash. I think we both are thinking he will average less than that 108 average, which he's priced at. He's probably losing money. He's, he's probably more likely definitely losing money. Um, but we want to be with him anyway. But again, I'll, I'll just say this. Stay tuned to our socials on uh, Thursday, maybe even Friday night, depending on uh, when we hear some roos, uh, some news out of the Roosters. Anything else there, Tommy? Um, just speaking of the trade boost, probably a, a good goodest time now as ever to speak on it. How important are these going to be throughout the season? Have you had a look beyond this week? You flirted with the idea of using it this week, but have you pinpointed any weeks of when you will definitely use these trade boosts, or at least maybe you're thinking of using one? Yeah, well, to me, it just screamed the origin period, I guess. Um, origin's always been probably my biggest bugbear. I always seem to screw up my team or only have 10 players playing or something. So yeah. I'm definitely going to use that to remedy that situation. And then also coming out of origin, trying to get back to a team to go through the uh, the Supercoach finals and the, yeah. the run home with. That'll be important. But I think this week is important to use or next week, whenever Cleary comes back, because he's probably one of the most influential players in the game. So... I'm willing to use a boost, you know, to get him. Yep. Um, definitely hard to argue with that. I'd say with this, plan them backwards. Don't plan them maybe, oh, yeah, I'll use one this week. Oh, I should use one next week. Oh, I might use one three weeks. Go to round 24, pinpoint your grand finals, or if you're playing 25, and work backwards. How often have we seen the past two years or three years even the amount of teams resting players in those final couple of weeks as they ready up for the for the NRL finals. So almost work backwards. I think you want to have one in the final two weeks to, to keep your, your numbers high. 
and then as you say there around origin this week most probably for for a lot of people trying to save and make cash at the same time and then pinpoint that other week i don't know when that is but it's really going to set your season up maybe about around 18 19 flipping that origin squad or your squad post origin three and making a real run for the run home okay let's get into some of this though listen to questions our favorite part we love this you can probably answer this one best, Tommy, from Alex Brigo. He says, Hiku for the base stats. I think that's why you've got him in this week. Said a few times, I'm a um, Megan trainer. I'm all about that base in Supercoach. And I Peter Hiku surprised me. He's looking at his scores in the first two weeks. Hasn't scored a try and he's got, I think, over 60 both weeks. Um, okay. Why not? At 300 and something K, I, I don't think he's a bad option when everyone's trying to save money to get the players like Cleary. He ticks a lot of boxes, Peter Hiku. Okay. Now, look, I'm with you. I can see their numbers in black and white, but I can see Peter Hiku's name in black and white. I just can't convince myself <laughs> to do it because, maybe, and again, maybe that's being unfair to to, uh, to Peter Hiku. He's got a new role in his team. He's a veteran now. He comes into an experienced, or oh, sorry, an inexperienced back line who probably needs some of these guys like himself to take a tough carry. Val... In the centres, that's not his go. Hammer at the back, I don't think that's his go. Tuolangi, a bigger body there. But Hiku, he is known, as you say there, for that base. So you're bringing him in. I'm not yet. Uh, but he's some money to be made there with uh, with Pet Hiku. Uh, Brizzy underscore Kiwi says, Cody Walker got to go or one more week. I think you flicked him last week and uh, right timing to do so because obviously he went to Munster who went big. Yeah, um, just the South fixtures for me, it's just too hard. You know, Storm into Roosters, into Panthers. Yeah, at his price, it's hard to keep him, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, it was Well, I mean, it looked a tough run on paper, and obviously you found a way before round one to, to get him in. You obviously looked at that Broncos fixture, liked what you saw, but again, it was very quick after that game to, to move him on to one of the best options at that spot, Munster. So I guess in summary, Cody Walker, he's got to go. I think he's going to bleed too much cash this week and in the weeks to come. Uh, Massimo Estrale, please forgive me if we've got that wrong, says, is Hines a must-have this week? We've sort of already touched on it, but let's wrap it up again. Is he a must-have? I'm saying no. No, I don't think he's a must-have. I think there's a few factors with Cleary coming back. Potential low-scoring game on Thursday. Um, yeah, I just think twice. Same uh, same fella here. I won't say it again, but he says, do we use the trade boost this week? Yes, I think you do. Tommy, you're saying no, but I'm saying yes, do it, because it's just as much a week about preserving cash as it is making it. A dollar saved is a dollar earned. Save as much cash as you can, or even move to guys like Petahiku, like uh, uh, out if you want Coruscant, Blake Braley, all these guys are great guys to get in this week at the same time guys like Angus Fafita, uh, Turbo if you had him, you just have to use it this week I think I'm not saying no, no I, I, I see the merit in it definitely, obviously the price changes next week and I just think uh, Nathan Cleary as well, he's pending arrival, that yeah. also should impact everyone's trade boost. Okay, you're not saying no but you're not doing it yet is what I was is how we'll clean that one up. Yeah uh, Max MH underscore Priv, who looks very ripped here in this gym shot uh, on Instagram, <laughs> his shirt off. Is it too early to trade Turbo? If not, who's the best replacement in your opinion? Definitely not too early. You may be a little bit late even uh, to get rid of Turbo. Break even 307. Tommy, I'll leave you to say who's the best option to uh, to find way in Turbo's exit. Uh, it's personal preference, really. I don't think you could go wrong with Teddy or Pabs. I 
they haven't probably set the world on fire just yet, but they're just class players. Even Latrell now, I guess he's going to be more of a, a dominant force at South with the goal picking as well. So any of those three, I think, yeah, Turbo's got to go. At, maybe not got to go for someone like Turbo, but 300 break even, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Hard to get back from that because you think 300 this week. Well, I don't know what that is the week after that. If it, Again, I'm not wishing injury upon him, but if he does go down or he gets a, a COVID, he's forced, uh, forced to miss another week, suddenly you're getting to rounds five, six. You've got almost a liability on your bench. This is the week to get rid of Turbo. Um, you didn't mention Reese Walsh there. I have to say his name again. 76 last week, first game back uh, for the year. And against the Tigers, he could do anything. Jesse Walker, 21. Should I trade out Fisher-Harris for Haas? I would say three letters to that one. Y-E-S. <laughs> yes. Okay, simple. Let's move on. Uh, Mick, Mick Lad, Munster or Clifford? You can probably see merit uh, a little bit for Clifford with the goal kicking up there at Newcastle as well. But we, we talk class animals, group one horses in these in these positions. And we are going, well, personally, we both uh, went to, to Munster last week. Yeah, I think Munster. Um, if Clifford was, you know, a real cheapy, like a 200K range, yeah, maybe. But mm. 405K, it's neither here nor there. But he has scored well, hey, 68 and 70 um, in draft if he's a free agent. I'd be going for it. I just don't know how he sustains it. And again, I said, I've, okay, I'll make you a deal. If the Knights get within 12 points this week, I'll stop saying that they're spooners. But to that point, they're still my spooners. I'm still hanging on to this point. No, they are because you look at their draw. I don't know. <laughs> they, they're spooners still, believe me. Next week, we may have a different conversation. They're going to be lower than Tigers. Yep, they will be. Well. Okay. Long, they don't let, I'll remind you again. Season 2015, they started 4-0, flying high. They finished the year with eight wins, stone motherless last. I think I can just see it. We mentioned You mentioned there the depth with uh, Clemmer injured this week. They just got Saifidi back. Braley still out for some time. If Ponga goes down again for a period or Clifford even goes down, what do they have? They have Crossland to fill a spine position. It's just, it is weak. Uh, next up here, Richard RM11, Angus Crichton, a sell. Tommy, you, you've gone that way uh, this week, obviously trying to cushion the blow of what looks a, a price drop. Yeah, I just need to make some money somewhere to get to other players. And yeah, he's just not setting the world on fire, is he? Obviously, he's been a great super coach player over the years, but uh, and then you see him named on the bench too. So uh, yeah, there's a few red flags going on, isn't there? Yep. Um, Again, if you can if you can wait until Friday seven PM, I'd suggest doing that. That's the beauty of the new trade, the rolling lockout function, isn't it? You can sort of wait game to game and and the roosters being on a Friday night, it does help in this case. Okay, last one here because we've gone into extra time here, we're going beyond eighty minutes. Uh Bucker Nick says Nakora to Fanukin, Jay Hughes to Hines, Stags to Hiku. Help. Okay, let's start with that last one. Stags to Hiku. You're saying yes or no to that. You've said Stags any time, but you've also picked Hiku up. So, yeah, uh, I don't mind Hiku, but I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't get off Stags yet. I know his scoring hasn't been good, but he's that's sort of player that he could come out and get an eighty or a ninety, and you wouldn't be surprised. Uh, what were the other two? <laughs> uh, Jerome Hughes to Nico Hines. What do you no. think? I, I would say no, personally. Nothing against Hines. I think I'll be the first to put the hand up and say his scoring has surprised me. I thought he'd be scoring mid-60s. 
He's obviously averaging, uh, what is he averaging, 85. Um, but class animal, Jerome Hughes, he's the Kiwis halfback if we're playing a test tomorrow. Again, he's in a, high, a higher ceiling team, I'll say. Storm top four, I think they're a lock for that. I'd be going Hughes if you can. He's actually a cheaper option as well, so that's another thing. And the other one here, Nikora to Finucane. Uh, yeah, Nakora, I actually own him in drafts. So I've been keeping a track of him, and yeah, his scoring hasn't been great, so possibly, yeah, how's Finucane been going? Yeah, he's been punching out, uh, I think he got a mid-50 week one and a 61, 62 week two. So, again, I think I picked him up in our draft pick 180. He just slipped the radar because he did have that impacted year at the Storm last year. But he is in a leadership role there at the Sharks. And, I mean, all of those things considered, um, I can make a case for Fanuke and His price, I think he was a little bit more expensive than I thought he would be. So that would be the only deterrent there. Yeah, well, it's all about price, isn't it? But I think on form, yeah, uh, Nakora hasn't really been doing much. And I think going back to my point earlier, I think it's going to be a wet, tight game against the Dragons. So I don't yeah. think he'll get a massive score either this week. He is linked with the Dragons, of course. We mentioned Jack Bird. His first uh, first go at a, a Dragons-Sharks uh, rivalry from uh, the other side of the fence and maybe Britain Nakora's last. Um, Tommy, let's, uh, let's leave it there, though, because as I say, we've gone a little bit uh, over time tonight. But... Uh, Thank you to you. Massive episode. Great to get through. Uh, plenty of talking points. Teamless Tuesday, but also round that out with the listeners' questions because they do echo the sentiments of a lot of super coaches out there. Yeah, it's an important time of the year, isn't it? Two weeks in, everyone's trying to get a feel for it, trying to build their team, and I guess we'll all be on Nathan Clearwatch the next few days. Stay tuned to our socials, NRL Physio, all of us. Stay tuned because at Supercoach365, we'll, uh, we'll share this news as soon as it does come to hand. Big news it is. Thank you for joining us here tonight. Follow us, subscribe at Supercoach365. Tommy and Ryan back. Green Arrows, let's see them this week. Enjoy your round three footy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.